world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise, elder law expert Amos Goodall, president of the National Elder Law Foundation, is back to discuss some changes that could immediately and severely impact the welfare of our aging parents and us. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents Are Hard To Raise on Spotify. are hard to raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. Longtime listeners will recognize my next guest as our go-to expert on all matters elder law. If I were to list all of his credentials, there'd be no time left in the show. So let me just say he's a certified elder law attorney practicing in Center County, Pennsylvania with the firm Steinbacker, Goodall, and Yurchak. Philadelphia Magazine named him a super lawyer in elder law, as they have every year since the category was created. He's a fellow of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys and currently serves as president of the National Elder Law Foundation. Attorney Amos Goodall, welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Thank you, Diane. It's great to be here. So, Amos, what do you have for us this week? Well, Diane, I want to talk about emergency preparedness. Okay. I think that's a very important topic for seniors, really for everyone, but especially for seniors and for folks who may have some difficulty in moving or other uh, disability that uh, that troubles them. Definitely. And uh, you know, we it's 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 um, it's interesting. You know, we read about James Bond and his go bag and all those, and you know, the spies that have their bags that they grab, and it's really really probably pretty important for everyone to have some sort of a uh, place where they keep things that they will need in an emergency. And in it, Diane, it's emergencies are, uh, we, you know, you can't really, that's the nature of an emergency is that you can't really predict what it is. Right. Uh, um, you know, you think of uh, sleepy little Center County, Pennsylvania, where nothing much happens except on football weekends. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but in Pennsylvania, the, there, were, there were an average of 16 tornadoes. There are an average of 16 tornadoes a year wow. that touched down somewhere in Pennsylvania. And this year, uh, 2019, in the first five months, there have already been 20 touchdowns. Really? So I can, I can remember sitting in my, nice, uh, in my house in State College uh, watching the, the evening news and seeing a report that says, if you're in such and such a township, get in your basement now. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so, we, uh, as I said, emergencies you can't really predict. And it's important that people prepare for those emergencies, knowing that, it's, it, that the particular emergency, they're not sure what, you can't say in advance what it's going to be. Right. Um, the first thing that people need to do is they need to have some sort of an evacuation plan. And... 
you know, mom and dad may be home, uh, uh, dad, or actually dad may be out uh, bowling some, or something, and mom may be uh, uh, doing her thing, and grandfather may be at home, and uh, uh, the children may be home or doing homework, or they may be out. And if there's an emergency and there has to be an evacuation, they all need to have a place that they know in advance, if we have to evacuate, right. this is where we're going to meet. So that's, that's the first thing that, that uh, everyone should have, is a, uh, a plan for where you're going to go if you have to evacuate and how you're going to meet. And then the second thing you need to have is uh, you need to have someone outside the area who can sort of be a coordinator. Okay. Uh, my daughter lived in uh, New York City on 9-11, and you can imagine how, uh, uh, and she actually lived within sight of the World Trade Center. Wow, yeah. And you can imagine how uh, worried her mother and I were. Sure. And with, with, with all the communications being down, fortunately, there was a, a, she had a friend who she could reach who was outside the area who then called her friends, or her us and her, her contacts, and all the other contacts that she that and her friends gave this person to let us all know that that our loved one was all right so you need a you need a coordinator yeah, outside definitely. the area um and it, it's uh, those are things that everyone can do and everyone should do but suppose you have to evacuate what are you going to take with you right um uh there is uh, an emergency service that says that talks about a rule of threes and it says that we can, we can survive for three minutes without air. We can survive for up to three hours in a hostile environment without shelter. We could theoretically survive three days without water and theoretically three weeks without food. Of course, who would want to? Right. <laughs> um, so the, uh, most people recommend that everyone keep a list of, or not a list, but everyone keep items that they will need for uh, for an emergency evacuation. The most agencies recommend a gallon of water per day or three gallons of water per person, food for three days, a blanket and a pillow, a change of seasonal clothing, and then contact information, including that uh, that coordinator that I talked about. Right. That's for each person in the family. And then they recommend that. Certain, they have some other things. They have tools, a Swiss Army knife, a cell phone, flashlights and extra batteries, a manual can opener, and, and a weather radio. And they now make weather radios that are crank-operated so that you, you're not dependent on batteries or uh, or electricity, and you can actually charge a cell phone with, with them and, and run a very small light. Uh, they recommend that you have cash and maybe coins, and then whatever documents you're going to need uh, medical insurance form, government-issued photo ID, a living will, or and a medical power of attorney. They recommend first aid supplies, including uh, prescribed medications, including a list, including the dosage of what those prescribed medications are. Uh, extra keys, moist towelettes and garbage bags, toilet items, and books, toys, and games. Now that's that's for each person in an average family. Right. Uh, think about someone who has special needs. Um, they have their own unique uh, requirements. For example, the American Red Cross recommends seven days of medication for persons in those in that category. Yeah. Um, they need to be prepared for re being mobile with reduced or very little assistance. Um, 
They need probably food for a special needs diet. Um, they need batteries if needed for a wheelchair or for a hearing aid. Um, they need, need a list of their model number and serial number for their medical devices. Any special supplies that they, have, that they may need, personal sanitary items, any other assistive devices that they have. And they shouldn't forget that if they have a service animal, they're going to need to have a go bag for their service animal also. Right, yeah. Um, so that's, that's um, really where, where we start with uh, what people need to uh, carry with them. Now, of course, everyone is unique, and each, each family may have other items that they, they want to add to that list. They may, have a, they may have some things that they think they don't really need. I mean, I'm, uh, games may not be something that everyone needs, but certainly water they do. Right, right. Um, I guess, yeah, those go bags, I guess, yeah, that is very important to keep them ready to go. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's, well, well, they need to be in a, they need to, you're not going to carry, if you have three people in your family, you're not going to keep nine gallons of water by the back door. Right. But you might keep, you might, if you buy water by the case, you might keep a case of water by the back door and then rotate it and use that case and replace it with another one. Um, or whatever, whatever, however the family uh, wants to think about those, uh, those items that they may need in an emer in emergency. Um, that brings me to the, uh, um, another point that I often make to my clients, and that is, okay, so you've only got 10 minutes to evacuate. You've right. got to go back and you go. What if you have 20 minutes to evacuate? What are you going to do with that extra 10 minutes? Uh, and what if you have an hour to evacuate? What are you going to do with that, that extra time? And so what I recommend to clients to do is that not only do you have your go bag, not only do you have your emergency things listed, right. but you need to remember that you're probably not going to be thinking clearly if there's a tornado on the way or you know, if your neighbor's house is on fire or, or whatever the emergency happens to be. You're probably not going to be thinking clearly but if you have some extra time, there may be other things that you would want to take away with you. And so I recommend that folks take the time to prepare an inventory. And they, they list, okay, the, my marriage license and my, um, my birth certificate, I keep those in the uh, first drawer in, the, in, the, in my bedroom or wherever right. you keep them. Right. So you, you keep a list of your important papers. What about the family photographs? Where are they located? What, and what are the other things that you, if you're, if you're never going to get back to your house that you'd want to take with you? So if you have enough time, you can get the, maybe you have enough time to get the, uh, the ID information. Uh, if you have a little bit more time, maybe you can get the photographs. If you have more time, maybe you can get the, the special jewel, jewelry that you, that you need to take with you. Or maybe in, in a particular person's case, the jewelry moves up to the second, the second category, and the photographs move down to the third category. Right. Each, yeah. Which, if you have ten minutes, you might only get one thing on that list. If you have twenty minutes, you might get two or three things, especially if you put the location, because if you're if you're under a lot of tension, you may not have the uh, uh, you may not remember. Well, where did I put that? So if you've written it down, you're you're. Uh, you have uh, you have the information and you can use it when you absolutely need to. That makes perfect sense because you don't think about it. But yeah, you know if 
in an emergency and you're not thinking clearly, you're thinking, I got to get out of here. And where did I put that? So that makes perfect sense to make a list and put, put everything, you know, where things are and what you would want to take in an emergency. I mean, you know, other than the stuff you already put in your go bag. Those are the things that uh, a person needs to have. There are a number of resources uh, on the internet that are available for folks who want to uh, do a little bit more research. Well, we're going to continue talking with Amos Goodall, certified elder law attorney, and we'll get that those resources. But first, if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life, there's something you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. Were you ever young? You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Have an Amazon Echo or Dot? Just say, Alexa, play Parents Are Hard to Raise podcast. Getting the latest episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that. You're right, Dolly. There are so many really cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku. And like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. 
And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. So, Amos, I was thinking when you were talking about, uh, you know, making a list um, of the things you would want to take and where they are. And I'm thinking for myself and then I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we really need to do that for our parents, because when I go by my mom and dad, just simple things that I might ask them that are important, even medication, you know, they have uh, medication in um you know, a, a daily box, but uh, my mom will go, yeah, I'll go get, oh yeah, I have to fill that. It's in the, that drawer in my bedroom. I'll go there in the bedroom and look and it's not there. I'm like, ma, that's not there. Oh, it's not. Let me see. Oh, it's in this place. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we really have to organize and organize our parents. Well, it, I, Diane, you're right. It is important. Uh, if, if we're going to help our parents, uh, we need to to be sure that that their their affairs will take be taken care of. You know, I, I mean, in our area, several of the uh, skilled nursing facilities that have residential units have a have an envelope right on the refrigerator where the, the important medical papers are and the important uh, uh, the health the healthcare directives and the medication lists and things like that. Uh, those are the kinds of things we can do to help our parents every day. Uh, is to make sure that the that they are organized. Right, right. And then and then for disasters, uh, we'll need to we'll need to help them be a little bit more ready, I think, because they have a few more needs than than you or I might if we're if we're evacuated. I mean, we we uh, uh, if a, someone's dependent on oxygen, for example, uh, the, and they're the, the machine that they have at home that supplies that oxygen is is gone because the electricity is gone. Right. As their batteries wear down, they need to know what they're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Do they have a an extra tank or, you know, anything? Do they have extra supplies? And where is it located? And where is it located exactly? Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, if if someone in an emergency situation had a shelter in place, you know, stay at home, fill the bathtub with water. Sure. So they have drinking water. That's that's that's, a, that's often what they recommend for sheltering in place. You're right. Uh, and of course, if you're at home, you know about things like having candles and having extra batteries and uh, uh, and plus the things that we've talked about in the go bag, you could use them at home. Right. Exactly. So there's actually a great resource. Uh, it's called Disaster Preparedness. For seniors by seniors, ah, and uh, if you if you or your readers or listeners will uh, Google that phrase, um, they will uh, have find a link directly to that website. Alternatively, my uh, website is goodall.org, and it, there will be a link on that uh, for my website so that people can get it that way too. Maybe it's easier to remember just goodall.org. Um, to uh, to get that, um, and there are a, a number of things that people can do. I mean, you each each person is a member of a community. What are the what are the risks that are attended in that community? Um, most of Center County, where I live, is probably not going to be subject to hurricanes, uh, but may be subject to flooding. Right. Certainly subject to winter storms. 
theoretically subject to tornadoes. Um, and, and each of those has some unique uh, uh, characteristics that we may want to think about when we are uh, uh, when we're planning. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the folks in Paradise, California, weren't planning on a, a sudden wildfire taking out their whole town. Right, you're right. A gas main leak due to the storm. You know, we had that happen with Hurricane Sandy. And you know, folks who live alone, uh, they have special needs. Uh, people who who can or cannot drive a car that that comes into consideration on how you're planning to uh, uh, for your emergencies. Um, how good are your senses? How good is your sense of smell? Do you have any physical, me medical, or thinking or learning limitations? Um, has your sense of hearing or vision decreased? Uh, are you reliant, as we said a few minutes ago, on particular pieces of medical equipment? Uh, are you reliant on a caregiver? All of those are uh, uh, things people need to take into consideration when they're planning on how they're going to deal with an emergency. And you kind of need, you know, if, you're, if your parent is living alone, maybe they, they have a buddy. They need to have a buddy system where someone, if it's a neighbor or a friend who can come and get them, get them out of the house or, you know, make sure they're okay. So definitely that needs to be planned as well. Sure, and that's in, in line with, with uh, taking into account for, from for mobility uh, considerations. Uh, it's, and the idea is that this should be done in advance. Right. It's not like you get a call that there's a hurricane about to touch down in your parents' uh, town, and you're calling around trying to find somebody who you, could, who you could send over to take them out of the house. And, you know, a lot of times in these... Uh retirement villages i remember uh being with a client and fire trucks were coming we were in a se you know a senior citizen development and there's just house upon house and then house next door was on fire so they started you know these are things you're not even thinking about but and they can happen at any time and they so they started evacuating all the other houses so there's a lot of possibility of things to happen there is, and it's, it's, I don't think we should dwell on the negative, no. but I just think we should plan for it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, there's, uh, it's, if, if someone is, has to leave, they've, they've gotten their stuff, their things together, they can take it with them. They'll, even if they don't have to leave, if they know that they've, they've organized it, they've got a list of where the, uh, where the things are they want to take if they have time. I think that they, they'll feel more comfortable even without an emergency. Sure, exactly. Um, I, uh, I'd like to go over, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to go over that list again. Sure. I think it's so important that people think about these items. And you, you don't always, I didn't until I was doing the research for this, think about all the things that I would need to put in my own personal go bag. But of course, food and water for three days, a blanket and a pillow, seasonal clothing, at least one change in clothing, and then the contact information. And I, I stress that it's important to have an out-of-area person to contact so that that person that they can coordinate family members who may not be uh, who may not be home or who may not right. be in a central place. Um, they, everyone needs to have some tools: uh, a Swiss Army knife, a cell phone, and flashlights, batteries, and uh, some way to uh, uh, a weather radio. They need cash, uh, 
if there's a if there's a disaster, the money access machines may not be working. Um, they need their documents. They need their medical insurance card. They need their government photo issued ID. Um, if they have things like uh, birth certificates and marriage licenses, yeah. those are important. Uh, we're going through in Pennsylvania this uh, uh, where people are registering for a real ID and the for for uh, 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 national security purposes. And the number of people who were sent away from the driver's license office who said you have to go and figure out where your original marriage license is or huh. get a certified copy. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you have if you have the time to put those things in a central place and uh, and know where they are and, and be able to tell other people where they are, you're going to be so far ahead than having to try being maybe being evacuated and then trying to prove who you are and who you're what you're entitled to. And you know, people, uh, it happened to me. You get married in a church, so you think that that's okay, but that is not your marriage license. You know, that doesn't prove anything. Right. I remember that happened to me trying to get my driver's license renewed. Yeah. They, well, it was there was a steady. I was at the uh, Center County uh, Department of Motor Vehicles Bureau, and there was a steady stream of people leaving with grumpy looks on their faces sure. to go to the courthouse <laughs> to try to get a cop, try to get some sort of official marriage or the register wills to get some sort of official marital certification. Um, but that's that's just one example. Sure. Um, uh, you, uh, a Medicaid card, uh, um, a, a Medicare supplement insurance card, or whatever insurance they have, uh, their Social Security card, their driver's license, or their uh, whatever photo IDs they have, a passport, uh, first aid supplies, um, including a list of prescriptions, extra keys, moist towelettes, toilet articles. All of those are things that, that need to be with you when need to be available in case you have to evacuate. Um, go ahead, Diane. Now, what about uh, if we take, you know, you take photos of these important papers and keep them on your phone? Are the photos considered legal documents? Uh, they, they, they are not necessarily considered legal documents, but they've at least got the, the information on them that you need. Uh, for example, when we travel, we keep a, a copy of our passport on our telephone. Okay. That won't that, that won't get me through customs if I come back. But if I'm in the in the embassy in wherever country I am where I lost my passport or where it was stolen, that's got the information they need to uh, uh, start the process to issuing me a new passport. Right. So, so it's a good idea to do that. It's absolutely a good idea. And, and there are services that will secure that on your phone so everyone can't see it just because it's there. Ah, perfect. And Amos, what? Uh, give us your website again. so that The, pe- the yeah. website is goodall, G-O-O-D-A-L-L dot org, O-R-G. And this way, that's, that's wonderful. People can check out your website and get those resources from you. Yes, that's, that's what it is. There. It'll be there, yes. Thank you so much, Amos, for being here today. Thank you, Diane, and, and uh, I hope your listeners can, can benefit a little bit from this information. I sh- I'm sure they can. Parents are hard to raise family. We love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. 
Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week. Thank you.